Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And Angie is here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. My son needed a major yard cleanup at his new home. We went straight to the Angie website and found a bunch of local, reliable, and affordable pros to handle the job, and one did pronto. Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The app and website are free to use. Ladies, hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show. I'm Jack Fowler, the host and the star namesake. That is Victor Davis Hanson. He is the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. We are recording on February 17th, a Saturday. This particular episode should be up on the World Wide Web's on February 22nd. That's a Thursday. Also on the World Wide Web's is the Blade of Perseus. That's Victor's official website at victorhanson.com. We'll talk more about that later in today's episode. Victor, there's a couple of free speech matters, a couple of gender matters, a two-state solution, a whole smorgasbord of interesting topics to propose to you to get your thoughts and wisdom on, and we'll get to uh, let's we'll we'll start on um, we'll start on free speech, and we'll get to that right after these important messages. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. 
Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor, you and I discussed this uh, one or two episodes ago. I was a little, more than a little, intimately involved in this case, uh, the Michael Mann, the climatologist suing uh, Mark Stein. We discussed the verdict against Stein uh, over a week ago. National Review, when I was the publisher, was involved and still will be involved because Michael Mann will be bringing back all parties into the case post-trial by new new uh, legal action. I think one thing that is interesting, Victor, it, the the lawfare issue aside, you know, let's break these um, institutions and individuals that have the temerity to question us, the scientists, quote unquote scientists, is now the claim the claim to make these people, uh, the, the scientists, a protected class of a sort. So here's a here's a just a little chunk from an editorial in Science Magazine that's based on the the Man Stein verdict. And it says, although some free speech advocates warn that the verdict will have a chilling effect on the criticism of scientific findings, perhaps the verdict can be viewed more optimistically as appropriately directing matters of opinion to blogs and opinion columns while matters of scientific disagreement are handled in the literature of scientific record. In other words, Victor, you... Uh, and I and others should shut up about challenging the the actual science. Maybe maybe because we're not we don't have the right credentials after our name, right? We don't have the the, the PhDs. But if you don't, shut up. Your thoughts? Well, I think everybody's got to see this in the wider context in which it's taking place. I don't think anybody would believe if Mark Stein was a Greta Thunberg and a radical proponent of global intervention that is necessary to stop climate change. And Michael Mann had said that he didn't think climate change uh, either didn't, he didn't think it existed or to the degree that it existed, he didn't think that government action would make much of a difference. And do you really believe that a court would say that Mark Stein had defamed him? I don't. I think they would say what he said about Michael Mann needed to be said because we're in an existential crisis and Mark was just trying to get the truth out that climate change exists and Michael Mann is a climate denialist and they would nullify the jury I, I, or whatever. That's that's what it would be. So what I'm getting at is there's a lot of things going on, but the left feels that they cannot count on elections anymore. They don't poll 51%. And that gives them two alternatives, Jack. Three alternatives. 
they feel that they have to use institutional control, the administrative state, the corporate boardroom, K through 12, academia, entertainment, professional sports, media, traditional media, Silicon Valley, to affect public opinion and the money that accrues from these globalized industries to sway. And what do I mean? How does that manifest itself? That means that Michael Mann will be lavish with a lot of money and Mark Stein will not. That means that E. Jean Carroll will have a Silicon Valley person putting the entire bill. That means there's going to be millions of dollars going into the coffers, campaign coffers of Latita James. And the same thing about Alvin Bragg. And that's how they will affect it. The second thing is they will affect it through the courts. They have given up on the give and take of legislation that's too burdensome. So they feel that with their institutional control, that they can exercise an agenda and maintain power through the courts. And they have. And so if they see a existential elected threat that the people have elected through the electoral college, or maybe in 2024 through the popular vote, if they see that threat on the horizon, then they will use all of their institutional control in the media to outfund him, to change the voting laws, to make sure that election day voting does not really exist. And in the long term, they will try to get rid of the Electoral College or pack the court or get rid of the... So they look at systems and processes because they don't believe the people can be trusted to do the right thing as they define the right thing. And so the courts now are really the, the engine of the United States as far as where the battles of over ideology are taking place. And this is important. And we are losing on the conservative side that battle for a variety of very simple reasons. Our law schools, as part of the academic enterprise, have embraced critical legal theory, which means that the laws are constructs created by a privileged white male class, and therefore there are mechanisms to get around it and to get true justice. Because you should consider the law, if it's a campaign finance law, it can be valuable maybe to go after Donald Trump, but not Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. If uh, E. Jean Carroll's got a ridiculous story, she should win because she's fighting an existential right wing threat in a way that Tara Reid is a nut and you should never believe her. If the latest FBI informant suggests that he had information about the Biden family, then you've got to go after him uh, and you indict him. But you would never do that to Christopher Steele, who cooked up the P tape and was taken at face value. That's what critical legal theory is. And they have the majority of prosecutors. And that's what Soros saw that better than all the conservatives combined. He saw that you could affect change through the courts in a way you could not through the Congress or the executive even. And that's why he got elected all of these local and state prosecutors. Take George Soros out of the equations and there is no Latita James or Alvin Bragg or Fannie Willis. They just wouldn't exist. And so they understand that. And I think we don't. So the courts are where the left sees that social, cultural, economic, political change can take place. And they feel that the law schools are turning out prosecutors, judges, 
defense attorneys that reflect a unanimously left-wing point of view. Right. And that's why it's the final thing I'll say, and this is why I have such contempt for the never Trumpers, to the degree that any of them still swear like a George Will that they are conservatives. Whatever damage they think that Donald Trump does by his crude behavior pales in comparison with empowering or directly aiding a democratic administration, whether at the state or federal level, to be elected because what they are doing is getting thousands of federal and state judges who are on the left who believe in critical legal theory, critical race theory, into positions of power to affect social change that will not be conservative. And yeah. that's and what's we'll happening. go through our grandchildren's lifetimes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, and it sets a message. I think everybody realized that deterrence makes the world go around. People act accordingly to a an instant adjudication of cost to benefit. And when they start to see that if you go down the Mark Stein pathway, or you go down the Donald Trump pathway, or you go down any of the Tara Reid pathway, or you go down any of these pathways, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to end up like General Michael Flynn. You just don't do that. And so you make the necessary adjustment. You go down the Scott Atlas pathway or the Jay Bacciaria pathway, considered in comparison with maybe the Fauci pathway or the James Comey pathway or the Robert Mueller or the Andrew McCabe. The system gives you indemnity. It protects you. You will not be sued. If you lie under oath, you will not be prosecuted. You will not be prosecuted. If you take money from the Romanians or the Chinese or the Russians, you will not be prosecuted. If you're Hunter Biden, you can get away with it. And he almost got away with it, except for one odd judge. Right, right. And he probably will get away with it. So that sends a message to all of us. Do you really want to be out there speaking on the conservative side and questioning radical changes in government to react to climate change that will cost trillions of dollars and affect the middle class? Do you really want to question DEI? Do you really want to question an open border? Do you want to get that name? Because your life is going to be very, very complicated. And if you don't cross your T's and dot your I's in your taxes and your behavior and what you say, you're going to be broke. Asset forfeiture. You're going to be ruined. And I think all of us understand that, that they have They've created deterrence and the left. But the weird thing about it, it's not deterrence always works two ways. It's, it scares off people who will feel punished, but it also encourages people to be audacious. And that's what it's doing. It's telling people on the left, you can say whatever you want. You can go after anybody you want. You can do this. You can do that. You can. And we're going to protect you. Lead Tita Jane. You can go on a junket. You can pay in cash. We're, the IRS is never going to investigate you or Wade. No way. They're not going to do that. And, and so that's where we are in America. I never thought we would be there. I never thought that we would have a third world judicial system, but we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, what's in the pipeline for that are the example from was it last year? Within the last eighteen months, where uh, at Stanford Law School, this, this, this is the the future bright uh, jurisprudence crowd coming to America, and they are 
hostile to free speech. And, and this is all coupled, remember, when you mentioned Stanford Law School and Judge Duncan, the idea that you shout down a conservative federal judge and you give a message to all conservative judges, if you're going to rule in a way that we don't agree with on transgender, are you going to use the wrong pronoun? You're not going to be able to set foot on a campus. We're going to disrupt your lecture. And if you think anything's going to happen, and we're going to hijack your lecture. Nothing's going to happen. None of our students who did this are going to pay a price. It's just not going to happen. They're going to be heroes. And so, and that's the message. And that's coupled with the reality, Jack, that our students are going to be considered the best and the brightest with a Stanford JD, but they're going to only 83% of them are going to pass the watered down bar exam. Right. Because they're not going to be competent in things like contractual law or, you know, uh, probate right. law or criminal right. law or civil yeah. law. They're going to be competent in woke law. And they've taken classes about DEI law and race law and culture law and gender law. And so we're creating a highly politicized, weaponized legal community that lacks the knowledge of jurisprudence of past generations because they don't think that jurisprudence is necessary because it doesn't exist. Everything now is relative. It's Foucauldian flexible. A contract is only to be adjudicated in terms of who is the victim of the contract and who is the victimizer. Who owns that house doesn't matter anymore. If you want to, if you don't have sufficient shelter according to your needs and you see an empty house, then you go in there and move it. And whose critical legal theory says that you have a right to that, a human right. And forget about who owns it and the mortgage and the ownership and the title. You possess it by the fact that you're in it and they can't get you out. And that's where we're headed to. And it's not new. It's what destroys civilization and the rule of law. Yeah. It really is. It's very scary. Well, hopefully we'll have time at the end, Victor, to pick up on that that uh, squatter uh, issue a little more. But um, we'll stay on on verbiage. And let me, let me just use one word before we move on. And that word is barbecue. And just hearing the word makes your mouth water. You may already have a low temperature, slow cooking smoker, egg or pellet barbecue, but in the middle of your busy week, who has that kind of time? You need a hot, fast solar infrared gas grill. It heats up to 1000 degrees in just three minutes, even on cold winter nights. That locks in juices and flavor and grills food faster. In just a few minutes, your family will be sitting at the table enjoying delicious, better-than-restaurant-quality grilled food, juicy steaks, moist chicken, tender fish, and healthy grilled veggies. Solaire is a multi-generational, veteran-owned business. Their portables, carts, and built-ins are all made in the USA from commercial-grade stainless steel, so they're built to last. Get your free guide, How to Choose the Right Infrared Grill, at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com. Solaire, infrared, fast, delicious, grilled food every day. Once again, besthotgrill.com, besthotgrill.com. And we thank the good people from Solaire for sponsoring 
the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor, words. Here's a um, piece from National Review the other day by Ryan Mills uh, headline, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, cautions State Department staff against misgendering using gendered terms like father in official cable. So here's what it uh, says here. Uh, in early February, just days after the United States launched dozens of strikes against Iranian-backed militants in retaliation for killing of three American soldiers, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken finally found time to provide guidance to his staffers on a really, really pressing issue facing the nation, the threat of misgendering, making assumptions about another person's gender identity based on their appearance or name, quote, can be problematic, end quote, and send a, quote, harmful, exclusionary message, end quote. Blinken wrote in a February 5th cable, which instructed State Department employees to avoid using common terms. Victor, this is going to be, you know, this is really threatening, terrible terms like mother and father, son and daughter, husband and wife. Victor, this is our um, State Department. Well, I mean, he's, he's is, basically- you're not surprised. Yeah, he's basically saying that it's 1793 and we're in the reign of terror and Robespierre is running things. And the Committee on, on, on Public Safety is in control and they're monitoring the thought, the expression, the vocabulary of all of us. And if you buck them, they're going to put you in a guillotine figuratively, although I'm not sure it won't eventually come to literally. And that's what's happened. It's the same thing. Uh, of the Bolshevik Revolution of 1918, suddenly this minority party takes over and they start going after everybody. So now it's pronouns. And what does that mean? What does that mean that we all have to change the English language because in this particular year, in this particular era of our lives, somebody has decided that 0. 0.0001 of the population historically to feels that it's now a civil rights issue rather than a medical issue. And this is crazy. And it, it's, I don't, it, it, there was something, I, I get back to this, Jack, that there was something insane about taking 330 million people and locking them up under the fear of COVID for over two years and giving them and shutting down the schools and connecting everybody together, mostly through a computer or television screen and having that information siphoned to them by the left wing uh, apparatus. And that's what happened. And there were a lot of psychological, you know, psychosocial ramifications to that. And one of them is we had a lot of really bizarre ideas, like hiring thousands of DEI uh, czars throughout our universities, and then the transgender pronouns. And Me Too took off again. And we had all of these kind of say them witch trial. I don't know if you want to be more cynical. It was sort of like swallowing goldfish or packing people in a Volkswagen. It was these fads and we haven't recovered from it. And so this is insane. And what, what I guess what everybody's looking for is they don't want a Napoleon to stop the French Revolution. They don't want some vile person like a Hitler to stop the Weimar Republic's decadence. 
They don't want a Lenin or Stalin to get rid of the revolutionary chaos. They want an elected government that says we're going to respect the law and the customs and traditions of the United States. And we're going to stop this madness. We're going to people commit crimes are going to go to jail. People cross the the border and think it's their country and break the law. They're going to be sent back, but they're never going to be able to cross the border. And we don't want to intervene in foreign affairs. And we are no better friend or no worse enemy. But if you attack the United States, we're going to be disproportionate. We don't want to, but we will be unpredictable and disproportionate. But we have no desire to go into your wretched country and try to teach you uh, about gender studies or to fly a pride flag on our embassy or to have a George Floyd. That's, that's not our business. And I think that's what we're hoping will happen, a return to sanity and normality. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in this election. I, I fear that... These people are so unhinged and they have so many resources and so much money and they have so little morality or ethics and they will manipulate things in a way we have never seen. It's going to be very hard to defeat them. It really is. And even if you defeat them, as we saw with the Trump four years, they won't stop. They will use the courts. They will use, they will use the FBI. They will use the CIA, the administrative state, almost every tool in their arsenal they will use. The impunity that how they act, Victor, is is shocking, and and uh, I'd like to pick up on two examples of insanity and get your thoughts on them, and we'll do that right after these important messages. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset—hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor, um, two insanities. One, we'll stay on the gender. And then I'd like to raise something that happened this past week. Again, we're recording on the Saturday the 17th in New York City at St. Patrick's Cathedral. But the first thing is, um, here's a headline from the Daily Mail from the other day. Elderly woman, California woman, 90, is fired from her volunteering position of 60 years at a, an MS, multiple sclerosis, nonprofit because she, quote, did not understand pronouns, end quote, despite previously winning multiple awards for being a volunteer. So a 90-year-old lady, I guess, doesn't know that you should be zizier instead of you know, she, her. And despite all the 
the time dedicated to this uh, service, she gets poop canned. Uh, this is this is nuts. Yeah, it is. So, They're bullies I mean, too. Maybe How, not much would, more to say than that. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what would you do? Why would you go after a ninety-year-old woman who's a volunteer for sixty years, who's given her time and her labor free for a noble cause of trying to stop this horrific disease? And you don't care about her work. You don't. You're not talking about. The disease, you're not talking about the effect it will have on other volunteers. You're just sort of going to be go down the what? The Bud Light Road, the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Is that what you're going to do? And it's not that she deliberately said she wouldn't do it or she had a habit of being provocative. She was just confused about it, as I am. Everybody yeah. is. Right. And I don't know what to do. And then every time a Stanford professor sends a memo, they have pronouns, you know, at the bottom under right. their signature. I don't know what it means. I really Isn't don't. that the intention to keep people like you and me and others confused? Keep I guess us it is. Backpedaling. And... I, I do know that 10 years ago, when I look at the literature of something called gender dysphoria, and this is people who genuinely have are they're in a physical biological gender sex and yet psychologically they don't feel that they're part of that and that does occur that mismatch in nature but on the record it's a very rare physical and mental phenomenon and it's recorded in the literature but it's it's a very very small percentage of one percent and how this got to be 30% of a particular campus say they they may be transitioning, and that's what some of the polls should. It shows you that it's almost a mass hysteria, and it's brought about by fear that transgender activists will harm you, show up, screen you, sort of like happened to the swimmer at San Francisco State when she was cornered. Remember that? Right. Yeah. And and right. Yeah, Riley Gaines. Yeah. Riley Gaines. She was in physical danger. Right. That, that was by intent to show everybody that this is what's going to happen to you. And when the government doesn't do anything or doesn't protect you, it's. Or 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 the institution also that they, they should not be held, you know, in culpable. I, you know, I, protection. I get paid by Stanford University and the Hoover Institution is semi semi autonomous. So when I go on campus or I go to my office, or I have relations, you know, over the email with very, I'm always assuming that something's going to happen. I just am. That I'm going to get a call and say, did you say that? Did you write that? How dare you? It's happened to me. Did you go on Fox News? The, the faculty senate wants to investigate you. I, I just assume that. And you have to have two attitudes. You have to have two. I don't know what I would do if I was 30 again with three little kids and no money, making $19,000 a year. Uh, but I just assume that that's everybody has a rendezvous with that encounter, no matter right. where you are. I, right. You can be at a, a university. You can be at the fire department. You can be in the police force. You can be... You can work at the DMV, but you have a rendezvous with that. And that's what's scary about it. And the people who are coming out of the woodwork to be the enforcers believe that 
they're on the winning side. It's not that the issue, they don't particularly believe or disbelieve in the issue. The, the point is they believe in the issue which they feel is the wiser thing to believe in given their career concerns. Yeah, they will, they will, if you're, what's his name, Michael Phillips, the cake baker in Colorado, you yeah. win, they're going to come back. Look at his life. You look at his life. Yeah. And that's the point, isn't it? Just say, right. that, look what they did to Devin Nunes. You would, I drove down the 99 uh, for years and would see these billboards, Devin Nunes, Putin's poodle, Putin's asset. Does anybody put a a billboard now and say, we want to apologize to Devin Nunes as chairman of the House Select Committee on Intelligence. He was right that the Russian government did not collude on behalf of Donald Trump, but rather fed information to Christopher Steele and others to compile a phony dossier to destroy Hillary Clinton's political uh, rival for a price both being paid by the FBI as an informant and by the Hillary Clinton campaign through three. I don't see that. Right. All I remember is when I go up to the Bay Area, everybody once in a while says, do you know Devin Nunez? Isn't he down there in your place? Yeah, I do. God, he was the guy who helped Trump beat the, the Russian interference rap. No, that's not true. He was the guy that exposed the Russian interference lie and concoction and dissimulation but you know yeah. that's how they but you ruined a person's reputation that's right what they do. as uh, ray ray donovan right the former secretary transportation of, yeah what do i where do i go to get my reputation back right speaking of reputations victor the uh archdiocese of new york roman catholic archdiocese took a blow uh this past week and i don't mean to get sectarian here but this has is in line what we're just talking about um some some uh transgender atheist prostitute died and got a funeral mass at saint patrick's now i'm telling you victor if if mary mary o'malley who prayed her rosaries every day and and went to mass every day died she would not get a funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral. She wouldn't, but this guy did. And it was chaos, 600 or so transvestite, transgender, de decked out like a la the sisters of um, perpetual indulgence. It just, just a hellacious poop show that took place at a Roman Catholic mass officiated by a Roman Catholic priest who referred to this guy who claimed to be dead guy came claimed he was a woman using the she and her pronouns at saint patrick's cathedral in new york city and for two days on top of so victor that this could even happen that the transgender transvestite community thought they could act like this at this sacred place that the archdiocese of new york would be so stunad not to know that something was going to happen here and that it kind took of like, more than 48 hours to respond to it. It's really disheartening that. Uh, they're afraid that, of them. They're afraid yeah, of them, Jack. Yeah. They're, they're think we have to negotiate people. They're running things. We don't want to end up like the church during the Jacobin revolution when they went out and killed people. So we're going to deal with them. And at some point, 
in this Marxist cultural binary of victimizers and oppressors versus victimized and oppressed, we're starting to see that there's too many victimized people and not enough victimizers because everybody's coming out of the woodwork and making claims against this mythical victimizer group. But that mythical group doesn't have the numbers and it doesn't have the wherewithal and the money to, to keep satisfying these demands. And at some point, the number of people who get up every morning, they go to work. I'm not advocating a married nuclear family. I'm not saying anything about it. I have a lot of friends that are gay. I have friends that are single. I have friends that live alone. I have members of my family who have never had children. Fine. I think that's great. But at some point, the person who buys a home and has two or three children and raises them to be good citizens, there are too few of them. There are just too few of them. And they get no credit. They get up every day. They go to work. They pay their taxes. They keep quiet. And they look at all of this stuff that's going on that we've talked about with the legal system, the lawfare, the weaponization of politics, the this particular transgender group, this Black Lives Matter group, this voice of Otslan. There are every they just there's just too many. The center's not holding. There's not right. enough people who say, wait a minute. We are $35 trillion in debt. We don't have the money. We're printing it. Wait a minute. We have a nuclear superpower called China that wants to destroy us, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. Wait a minute. There is a new alliance in the world of Iran and Russia and China and North Korea, and they are peeling off people like Qatar and Turkey, and they don't like any of you. Wait a minute. You cannot walk down a street at in the early evening in Minneapolis and Memphis and Washington and Baltimore. Right. That is an existential problem. Right. At some point, these are the things that count. And all we're doing is worrying about pronouns and a drag show at a diocese. And it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like we're rearranging deck chairs on the the Titanic. Right. We have some real problems and we have no unity. We have no common purpose. We have no educated population. If I, if I take a microphone and I go into my hometown and I walk along the streets of Salmar, I go up to Fresno and I walk up to somebody and I said, can you tell me the difference between the Senate and the house of representatives? If I say to you, do you know who Franklin Delano Roosevelt was? If I say, could you tell me the difference between World War One and World War Two? If I say to them, would you please just tell me what the Supreme Court? Does? They have no idea. None. You could do None. that on a college campus. Yes. Also, and get the exactly. same. So same we are an ignorant, ignorant and arrogant culture, and we've got to save it. And that's why we try to do these. Everybody, according to their station, has to do something right. to stop it. And, you know, you, you can write, you can podcast, you can listen, you can act. You can. You got to vote. You not only got to vote, you've got to take people to the polls. You've got to watch the polls. You've got to be vigilant. And to, and I, I think it's the 11th hour. I'm really, I put it this way. We're all in the, we're all in the walls of Constantinople. 
And it's coming up to Black Tuesday, May 29th, 1453. And the city is no longer 1 million people. And the empire is no longer 20 million people. There's only about 50 brave souls in the city. And we're looking at an army of 250,000 that want to kill us and destroy the culture. That's the metaphor that I see, the simile. And we either resist and and say, you know, not this pig. We're not going to do it anymore. We're going to speak out. We're going to restore this great country. Or we, or we concede and make the necessary adjustment right. and join them. It's like the invasion of the body snatchers. You either stop it or you just go limp and get body snatchers and you wake up and everything's fine. Yeah. Don't go to sleep, folks. You're you're one of them. Yeah. Well, Victor, um, we'll stay on the um, social madness for a little bit and then get into foreign policy. And we'll do that right after this uh, important message. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back with the Victor Davis Hanson show. Victor, I just want to make one comment about the 90-year-old volunteer lady. Uh, Interesting how you can be 90 and doddering and can't, I'm assuming, well, it's not unfair to say she's doddering. Let's just say confused about a certain point. And you you can't volunteer uh, for a charity that you've been doing that for 60 years. But you can be 80 and doddering and be president of the United States. So I just want to make that comparison. You can, you cannot do almost any uh, job in America, but you can be in the United States. Everybody should listen. If you don't know where you are or you slur your words, you can't be a truck driver. You can't be an electrician. You cannot be a teacher. You cannot be a surgeon. You cannot be a lawyer, but you can be the president of the United States because that's not apparently a very important job. We are, we are a lucky people. Hey, uh, Victor, last week, some climate punks with pink powder threw it on the Constitution at the National Archives. I, you know, This kind of um, public th- theater of these whiny, scrawny punks, whether they're throwing pumpkin soup on the Mona Lisa in France or here, uh, is... I shouldn't say it's comical, comical because you look at them with disdain, but they I think they are having some kind of a, a sickening impact on our culture. But I, I, I just wonder if they if these two clowns who did this uh, at, at the National Archives last week, do you think they'll be prosecuted by? No, the- no, I don't. I think they're going to have the same fate as the young Senate aide who 
took off all of his clothes and he went into a hallowed, hallowed uh, chamber of the Congress. And then he filmed himself being sodomized. And he thought that was great with his jock strap on. And then he put it all over social media. And then when people objected, he said, oh, you're telling me that I can't love the person I want and the way I want. And he got no, there was no, there was no, not public nudity, not in, you know, taking over a public space for a sexual act, nothing. They won't have anything. I know that because there were two guards there, uh, Jack, you saw them. Right. They were sitting there apparently armed. I don't know why they have weapons. They're, they're never going to use them, but there they are. And these people were desecrating a sacred document and they didn't do anything. Why didn't they just go arrest them? And they, they, they allowed them to start mouthing off. There's no deterrence. And so we don't live in a shame culture anymore. In the old days, which were not are not so old, they would have been arrested. Right. And I'm talking about the 50s and 60s when I grew up. And then they would have said they were going to be sentenced to a year in a year in jail with, you know, maybe six months off for good behavior. If they went out in a road gang and picked up trash or they went out and first of all, they had to clean up their mess in front of everybody and then their names, I remember what it was like. It would it, Those two people would have had this treatment. Right. John Smith, age 19, a student at, I'm just making this up, City College of New York, John Smith, son of Mr. John Smith and Dora Smith at 1415 Elm Avenue in Brooklyn, right. was arrested. That's what they would say. Right. And that would work. Today, we, do, we don't even know the names of the shooters at the Super Bowl Kansas City event, right? Right. Why didn't people... Well, they're juvenile. Oh, no, they're not juvenile. They're adults that shot and killed somebody and wounded a dozen, over a dozen. And we don't even, we're not even allowed to know their names. So it's not going to change until there has to be so, some social opprobrium of breaking the law. I think a lot of the things is the juvenile court system. We don't, we treat people who are adults who are committing violent acts as if they're children. I think you should say anybody over 14 who commits an act will have his name printed, his address printed, his parents' name, such as they are, and have them printed. Yeah. And let, let people know. And these people, we should know who they are. We should. And that was, if you doubt that, one of the things that Bill Ackman discovered and the donor class at Harvard, they didn't care about their money necessarily. They didn't care about their arguments. They cared about one thing. They let it be known that all those people who were protesting and signed those petitions or broke the law, they were never going to hire them again. In other words, they were going to be socially ostracized. And these people, they knew for all of their braggadocio about being a brave protester on the barricade, they were careerist, careerist. And the most important thing was getting a blue chip law billet. And when that was impossible, they, oh, my God, this is so unfair. I, I mean, I, I just called for the genocide of of, is, of the Jewish people and the destruction of Israel while I was on a campus, and I broke campus rules. And uh, you know, but why would you not let me go to a blue chip law firm? And so that, that I think we can get back to that very quickly, right? If we had some deterrence. 
Did you see on that score, Victor, that the uh, House Education Committee is going after Harvard for not producing uh, legislation uh, related to the that committee's uh, probe into anti-Semitism at, at Harvard? And that Penny Pritzker, who's the uh, and and the interim president, Alan Garber, they have not turned over documents. Uh, they've well, turned they, over some, but not not all. So, uh, you know, I hope the Congress. I hope if they could ever get the Republicans could get their act together and they could get a twenty vote margin in the House and win the Senate by five seats and get a Republican president, they should just tell Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Stanford, you got a choice. We'll keep out of your business. If you want internal laws and legislation that we don't agree with, you're a private institution. Go ahead and do it. But you, if you take money from us, if you take money from us, if you want a tax-exempt endowment where you're not going to pay federal income tax on the, in, on the income, if you want students on federally subsidized loans, if you want federal research grants, if you, if you want people to get federal tax deductions from giving money, then we're going to have a say. And I suggest you don't do any of that and you break with us and be completely autonomous. But if you're not willing to do that, we're going to tell you stuff that you're going to have to do. And it's going to be in accordance with the Constitution. And that's what they need to do. These people are completely roguish, the universities. They it's a Jack, we've had for 30 years Prop 209. It says you cannot use race or gender as uh, criteria for hiring or promotion right? or admit right. admission. And the university just snubbed their nose at it. They just said, ah, screw you. We're not going to do that. Nobody's going to do anything to us because the governor or the attorney general, they're on our side, the federal government. Nobody's going to do that. I was on hiring committees, and when we would start hiring by race, I'd say, excuse me, let me read you the statute, Prop 209. Oh, you know, that's, uh, it doesn't matter. Come on. It doesn't matter. And well, it just they, ignored it. They're, 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 in practice, they, they're, they're right. And that's a part they of were right. great shame. Yeah. Well, Victor, um, I'd like to take a minute to welcome back our one of our favorite sponsors, Hillsdale College, and our listeners should know that Victor is one of the professors in three of the over 40 free online courses at Hillsdale. That's right. American Citizenship and Its Decline. That's one of, one of the three courses. That's based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. Then there's The Second World Wars, which is the course based on Victor's book by the same name. And then the third course is Athens and Sparta, partly based on Victor's book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they're self-paced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. Go to hillsdale.edu slash bdh to start. It's free. And it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash VDH to start. Hillsdale.edu slash VDH. We thank the good people at Hillsdale College for sponsoring the Victor Davis Hansen Show. Um, Victor, let's turn. Um, we have a little time left. Maybe we'll have time to get in into the squatting. I'm not sure. But let's talk about 
an important foreign policy matter back to Anthony Blinken, who we talked about earlier in the show, and his boss, the doddering Joe Biden, and their continued, one, contempt uh, for Benjamin Netanyahu, and reports have come out about the, the just the, the uh, standard uh, vulgarities that Joe Biden uses to um, uh, characterize the president of, not the president, the prime minister of Israel. And then the, the ongoing push uh, for a two-state solution, which means um, sanctifying uh, Israel's enemy uh, as its neighbor. Any thoughts, Victor? It's not new. It's not new, Jack. During the Clinton administration, we interfered with the internal relations politics of Israel. We had we sent Clinton uh, campaign operatives over there with the express purpose of defeating candidate Netanyahu. Remember during the Obama administration, they got so angry that Netanyahu spoke to Congress about the real dangers right. of the Iran deal, mm-hmm. that they deliberately held him up and made him wait. And they, that, that I think that Obama was quoted as calling him chicken shit. And they made fun of him. They hated him. And so the United States gives lectures on the left all the time about what we did with Allende and what we did with Mossadegh. And, but they have no problem, no hesitation to interfere, whether it's Ukraine or whether it's Israel, anytime they feel like it and interfere with their politics. And what we give Israel is about $3 billion in military aid. And we think we have a lever. And we tell Netanyahu, you better have a wartime cabinet. You better have members of the opposition. We give, we just have we're going to approve $100 billion. A lot of that's going to go to Ukraine. We do not tell Mr. Zelensky, listen, we're on your side. We want you to repel Russian aggressions, but you cannot repeat. You cannot suspend habeas corpus. You cannot declare martial laws. You cannot ban most political parties, and you cannot put off elections. You understand? We didn't do that during World War II, and you can't either. They they don't. And so they just keep telling Netanyahu, you know, you're not going to have collateral damage. Does anybody say that to us when we hit when we hit back at after these 170 Israelis say, hey, I know you were hit 170 times, but I want you to be very careful that you text. We can show you how to do it. You text the people that live around your intended target. And by the way, we're willing to help you with Ukraine. So in occupied Crimea or occupied Donbass, when the Russians send a drone from a platform and you want to take out that platform, here's how you do it. You text people that live around it. You drop leaflets. What you lose in the element of surprise, you make up in moral currency. Do we do that? No, we don't do that at all. Do we sit to Israelis or anybody say to America, you're not you're not proportionate. How many how many Houthis and how many uh, Iranian surrogates have you killed versus how many you lost? And we do we don't say that to the Ukrainians. We don't say to them, we want you to be proportionate. Putin went into your country, but that's no reason to hit the Kremlin unless you can 
tit for tat show you that you're doing no more damage and you're suffering. We only say that to Israel. Do you think, uh, though, about, and a pardon if there's any Bronx noises in the background here, about Netanyahu, that part of the disdain for him is, one, that he's a Jew, and two, that he is a, a has been an actual warrior, you know, a, a, a man They got who's... very angry when they had those two pictures during the Obama administration, and they went all over the internet. There was one with Obama smoking a cigarette, I think he a long cigarette, and he had a Panama hat, and he was all decked out, almost in girly fashion, relaxing. And then right next to him, there was uh, Netanyahu at the same age and a paratroopers with, I think, a parachute on his back, you know, airborne or something. Maybe it was just regular combat, and he had been involved in a rescue operation. Yeah, they were juxtaposed. There's another element as well as the fact that he's Jewish and that he was a combat veteran. And that is he grew up for a long part of his life on the East Coast. He's got an American accent. His father was an academic, right? very famous student of the Spanish Inquisition. His brother was a very accomplished radiologist and playwright. And so he understands the America, America intimately. He knows how it works. He knows the great strengths and the great weaknesses of America. And when they talk to him, he sounds like an American. So there's a familiarity that they that, that bothers them. They think it's spooky. They think that they can't con him. He knows about how he is one of us, they almost think. Right. And yeah. when you go to Israel today and you juxtapose to 20, 25 years ago, and you look at a town like Haifa, or parts of Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, and you see the roads, and you see the infrastructure, and you see the waterfront, and you see the ports, and you see the parks, and you see the bustle and hustle. It's just stunning. And one of the reasons it's stunning is under Sharon, he was an interior minister, economic minister, name it. And he opened up that economy. And he stopped the kibbutz mentality of socialism, and he allowed people to be free market capitalists. And the result is all of that Jewish education and brilliance was unleashed. And the result is now it's got almost the same per, per capita income as the United States and, and greater than a lot of European countries. Right. And it's at the forefront of every, you know, every scientific field in return to research and development. He did that. Netanyahu did that. Right. And that's why they hate him even more. Yeah. It's so weird about the left. I, I feel, it's, you know, if you're a foreigner and you're dealing with America, when you look at this, when you get a left-wing government in there, it's very hard to deal with because they don't play by the rules. It's what your ideology is. It's what your ideology is. Yeah, and that that determines it. All of a sudden, if Donald Trump is bequeathed the Abrams Accords, and you're you signed on to it, and you want to participate, and Biden comes in and says, "Oh no, no, that's got Jared Kushner's fingerprints in it," and they just cool it until they need it, and then suddenly the Middle East blows up, and he says, "I'm going to revive the Abraham Accords, and I'm going to say it's the Biden Accords." And I'm going to court Saudi Arabia that I said was essentially a criminal state. 
And then it's okay. So what, what, what do you do if you're a Saudi? Abraham Accords are good. Now they're bad. Now they're good again. And right. that's that's how you deal with it. Victor, by the way, um, springing this on you, uh, the uh, latent, it's not even latent, it's blatant, um, the testing of Jews, uh, that's part and parcel, I think, of, of, of the hatred of Netanyahu is, is kind of across the board. I want to recommend to, to our listeners to check out every once in a while online. It's a journal, Tablet Magazine. We've talked about it in the past. It's a Jewish online journal. And there's a, there's a terrific piece in the most uh, recent, last week, and it's by two, a professor from Columbia University, Shai Davidai, who, who's in, uh, in the business school, and, and his wife, Yarden Greenspan, and they are left-wingers. They are left-wing, progressive, Jews, and they lamented, rightly so, uh, to their friends and the community at Columbia, the attacks on Jews on October 7th. And even though they're people of the left, even though they check every box, they are now vilified by their fellow progressives and lefties have been shunned, etc. So it's the fact that they, you know, if you're going to be a Jew, just shut up about being a Jew, you know? Be a lefty, but once you start talking about that, uh, there's no room here for you. So I want to recommend that. And uh, Victor, if we, we're we going to take just one last quick break here. When we come back, we'll get a, a final few thoughts from you on squatting. Not, 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 the, not the exercise, but the thievery. And we'll get to that right after these important messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor, let's uh, cap today's episode with your thoughts. Here's a headline from a publication called Zero Hedge and a writer, Tyler Durden. Here's a piece, it's titled, Squatters are Taking Over Homes all over the nation on an industrial scale and turning them into dens of crime. And he, there's, there's so much here in this piece. And he, he talks about just in the Atlanta area alone where Fannie Willis is too busy being on cruises with her, with her uh, lover, that there are 1,200 homes in the Atlanta area that are being squatted. Uh, writes here, squatters are ruining entire neighborhoods in Atlanta and police response to evict is so slow some home, homeowners 
have resorted to paying nuisances to leave. Brazen squatters even opened an illegal strip club on property they had taken over, one of the 1,200 homes which have been squatted in the city, according to the National Rental Home Council. I'd be terrified in Atlanta to lease out one of my properties, says Matt Urbanski, who manages a local home cleaning company, he told Bloomberg. Victor, this is not just Atlanta. It's nationwide. I still can't get my my head around it. My brain is insufficient, as you know, as the listeners know. But the thought that your home, right? Your home, your heart. Home is the thing you could, you know, if someone's trying to break in, you can you can shoot them. But someone breaks in and you're not there, they have a claim to it. And and the agents of law and order in our nation, across the nation, don't seem to give a rat's ass about this. Well, I think everybody should realize, I, I, I discuss this a lot in the... Uh... The dying citizen. People forget that the impetus, the fuel, the catalyst for constitutional government, whether a federated republic or a broad-based oligarchy or a radical democracy, as it was originated, as it originated in Greece, was the protection of property. That is the right to have property in your name, legal ownership, and the ability to sell it, or more importantly, to pass it on to your children without confiscations from the state. Prior to that, in the 7th and 8th century in Greece, most of the civilizations of the Near East or Egypt or Persia, they had no clear concept of that. The degree to which you own property was predicated on largesse from the state, and the state could confiscate it, enhance it, subtract it as it felt best. So it was the idea of the individual could have property, and that was a radical economic idea because suddenly people said, I'm 70 years old, but I can plant olive trees, even though they won't come into bearing until I'm 75. But I don't care if I die because my children will have it. And once you protect property, all good things follow from it. But if you don't protect property, then you don't have personal freedoms and the whole system unwinds. And that means why would anybody work hard or take a mortgage out or try to improve a piece of property that they own when they don't own it? In the sense that somebody can walk in and say, I appeal to a higher moral justice. You have two pieces of property, and I have no, so I'm going to take one of yours. And when the state enables that through indifference or active complicity, it just, it unwinds the whole system. Why would anyone want to? I have, you know, it's very funny. About five years ago, I had one of my many root canals, and there was a wonderful young dental hygienist that was assisting the dentist, and she was talking as he went between patients, and I was waiting for the painkiller to take in, that her family had gone back to Mexico. They were immigrants, and they went down to southern Mexico in Oaxaca, and they went to their home, which they thought the neighbors were watching out. She said it wasn't that great, but it was two or three bedrooms, and they had about an acre, and guess what? There were squatters there living in it, and when they objected... Uh, some people with AR-15s came up and said, you better leave right now, meaning they were either connected with a cartel or they had permission or they just were armed themselves. And as she was saying this, she goes, this is what we one of the reasons that we love the United States. And I said, like an idiot, I don't think that could ever happen here. There is the rule of law. They would call the sheriff and have the sheriff. And that's not true, Jack. 
That's no longer true. I have friends now in the Bay Area and family members. If you own a home and you are going to move out of it and you want to keep it, maybe for a vacation home or you want a second home, you should not do that. Right. Because once it is determined that it is empty, someone will either move in or if you want to rent it and they have no intention of being a genuine renter, but they will not pay and then they will just stay on. You don't have any redress, at least in a left wing jurisdiction. Right. And so that's, that that unwinds constitutional government. That says to people, why buy a house? Why invest the money in fixing it up? Why? If you don't own it. And and I, I, I think we don't realize that we look back in history and it all seems a mystery. We say, why, why did Rome have all the existential problems solved by 100 AD and 70 million people, a million square miles with habeas corpus, aqueduct, and then just 300 years later, it all fell apart. Shouldn't it have got better? Doesn't everything get better? Isn't the Whig idea of history, material, moral progress? What happened? Why was Byzantium a wonderful place to live under Justinian and 530, but it was a non-existent place in 1453, say by June? Why, why, why? Well, this is the answer. What happens is civilizations and societies, they insidiously don't even understand what's happening before their very eyes. They find out that they defund the police or that they can't count on the public uh, monopoly of violence to protect people. So they get a fortified farm out in North Africa or they go up in the hills or during the Ottoman occupation the Byzantine Empire falls apart, so you go way up at a place like Andritzna and hide from the Turks. And you don't own property anymore. It, you just don't. Property rights right. disappear. Individual rights. Personal safety uh, disappears. Your money, you don't have anywhere to put your money because it can be confiscated. And when you start to see what's happening with attaching, you know, assets, the police... You know, they raid your house, we're going to attach your assets. Or you can drain a person's assets through juris, you know, lawfare, as we're seeing as waged against Mark Stein. Right. So it, it's insidious. It's, it's again, I don't want to use that trite phrase from Hemingway's Sun Also Rises about bankruptcy, but it was gradual, then suddenly, gradually, then suddenly. It all mounts up. It's like debt. You know, we can handle 10, 20 trillion, 30, but not. And maybe 35, but not 40. And we don't find that until it's sudden. And we don't find that we don't own property and you can't have property until it's sudden. And you can't, you know, you kind of avoid bad places. Then all of a sudden you can't go anywhere because it's sudden. All that that was gradual. And that's what's happening. We've got to stop it. Stop, stop, stop. That should be one of the great things of the campaign pledges of the Trump administration. You mentioned Atlanta. You're talking a lot about upper middle class and middle class African-Americans who have played by the rules. They've saved their money. They Maybe they inherited a small home and then they were able to build a bigger one somewhere else or buy one and they want to rent it out. And they can't. Right. They can't collect rent. They can't get them out. They can't, they can't afford to fix the damage. God help so, you if you went in there and, and physically tried to pull them out. Uh, you'd go to jail. 
And Donald Trump needs to say, he needs to have a agenda for America, a contract with America. I hope the Heritage Foundation, who's ever advising him, has that. And one of them would be, we will have a federal racketeering, a RICO statute that says across state lines or whatever the federal jurisdiction can be imagined, if you occupy a home for any purposes that is not your own and you do not have a contractual right to be in that home and you are evicted, you will be evicted. And if you're not, if you resist, you are subject to the following statutes and stop it because you can't count on these local prosecutors are all based you know, Soros-funded, critical legal theory, da-da-da-da-da. The law is flexible and is, you know, is used for the oppressed in the cultural binary of winner and losers. I know I'm sounding depressed today, but it's not the weather out here in California. It's gray and rainy, but we it's just with this week with the Biden dementia and right. the special counsel's report, and coming on the heels of the 83 million Gene Carroll, these, this obscene 350 million settlement with the Latita James boast that, you know, it's the, about what she did. And then the Fannie Willis uh, testimonies. And it just, and then what we're, Ukraine is that they're, they're retreating. They lost another city. I mean, it's, it's everything. Right. It's so, everything we were told is not true. It's a grim, it's been a grim, grim week. Yes, it um, has. And we got to end on a big happy note or we're going to depress ourselves into. Stupid. Well, I'll tell you a happy note is that Victor has a website, <laughs> the blade of Perseus. And it's at victorhanson.com. Folks, if you like uh, Victor's writing, the American greatness and his syndicated columns, you're going to want to subscribe to uh, the blade of Perseus because Two or three times a week, Victor writes an ex- a piece exclusively for the website. When you go there, you'll also find links to the aforementioned uh, American Greatness Essays, syndicate columns, archives of this uh, podcast, um, links to Victor's other appearances, link link to his, his forthcoming book, which he essentially talked about a few minutes ago, The End of Everything, How Wars Descend into Annihilation. That's out in May. There's a link to uh, The Dying Citizen. Should be a link up there, Victor, to the case for Trump, uh, because that will be a more heightened issue as the months approaching months come. Yes, I So I do check. So. Yeah, well, it, it's no no question about it. I have a series I'm starting for next week uh, about a barn. I know that some people, I, I've written about farming, and oh, yeah. I have a 150-year-old barn that's collapsing. I didn't know what to do with it, and I'm looking out the window now at people all hanging on the sides of it trying to save it. But I, I, I had to put all new trusses, and it just was one of those things where you start to look at it, and you think, maybe I can just patch the roof or... But I'd never route. No, it's the whole thing. And you either have, and the smart thing would be to destroy it and get a nice metal shed that is prefabbed and would be very strong. Or, but, but some spin. great grandpa, but, but I know it. I know it. Yeah. I know it. I thought I was a pragmatist and a realist, but I'm neither. You so now are I'm spending a small fortune to rebuild the barn. And the people, unfortunately, that are doing the work are more enthused than I am. 
So they're telling me, we've got to do it perfect. We've got to do this. We, you know what? And they're not after money, really. They, they're, right. they have such pride in their work, but they're giving me all sorts of ideas how to make the strongest, biggest, toughest barn in the world. Well, it'll be around job. another 150 years yeah, well, now, Victor. So You're a sentimental that, it, uh, man. Unless when I die, my son finds out that squatters are living in it. <laughs> well, maybe those dogs you have will uh, will take. I don't them know. Off they the don't property. look very excited today about being you watchdogs. Know, when when the, the riots happened, uh, George Floyd riots all across America and in New York. Manhattan, a lot of stores were broken into. But one store that wasn't was Saks Fifth Avenue, which is right across the street from the aforementioned St. Patrick's Cathedral. And one of the reasons why was the folks at Saks had had these tough, you know, retired Navy SEALs, et cetera. And all, each one of them had a dog with them, like a German Shepherd or, or yeah. a, you know, Mastiff or something. And uh, damn, people... Bad people are afraid of dogs. I was thinking God. that just to close that I have Queensland healers and they're the collective age of them is over 50 of the four. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're kind of worn out with life and they've got all sorts of medical problems and they get scared. I mean, they used to be, gosh, super dogs. So I'm thinking of going the German route. Have you ever noticed that every, and I, I'm not speaking ill of our German friends, but every dog that is vicious, <laughs> even a little mini <laughs> dog, I had a dachshund. There were snappers and yeah. German shepherds and Weimaraners and Doberman pinchers. And I'm thinking of going one thoroughbred German shepherd, <laughs> one Doberman pincher and one Weimaraner. And I think that would give me a lot of deterrence. Yeah, amen. Yes, all, all male, all uncastrated, no neutering, all in the prime of life. What a weird <laughs> combo that triad would be. Oh, I can't wait to visit you and see them, to pet them. Uh, oh, last thing, Victor, uh, five bucks a month, $50 a year to subscribe to your website. So folks, go to victorhanson.com. And, uh, oh, hey, if you're on um X Twitter, Victor's handle is at VD Hansen. If you're on Facebook, there's a wonderful group of people. They uh, run the Victor Davis Hansen fan club. You'll find that. Uh, there's about 60,000 people belong to that group. And what else? Uh, oh, me, uh, Jack Fowler, Civil Thoughts. I uh, write that free weekly email newsletter. Please subscribe. I know folks are really enjoying it, go to civilthoughts.com, sign up. Again, it's free. I do that for the Center for Civil Society at Amphil, where we're trying to strengthen civil society. And Civil Thoughts is 14 recommended readings, articles I've come across the previous week that I do think and believe that you will like. So uh, thanks to those who, who do that. Now, Victor, I have a comment or two to read to get us out of here. And I oh, here's one. It's called Great Podcast. And it says, uh, these, this is, by the way, from off of uh, iTunes and Apple. And thanks to the folks that go there and leave comments. We do read them. You're one of a diminishing few that I can count on for an informed, thoughtful view on current events. Thank you for being there for us. Your historical insight is also greatly appreciated. That's signed Red Wolf OPW. And here's one more just to show. And Victor, don't interrupt me. 
just to show that we we read everything and we 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 flagellate. Imagine it's titled "Imagine Uninterrupted VDH!" Exclamation point. Imagine a podcast featuring the featuring the uninterrupted brilliance of VDH, a podcast in which he has the luxury of slowly making his point, not fighting or competing with his co-host. Where can I find this podcast? The magic of VDH <laughs> is his calming, reassuring, informed pace of weaving through history, connecting his power. I didn't insights. write that, Jack. No, I know you didn't. Revealing today's missteps. Imagine an hour of listening to VDH uninterrupted at a leisurely pace. This current podcast takes VDH's magic and destroys it with the frantic pace of competing co-hosts, a sacrifice. Frantic? I, you know, it's so weird that you said that because I got a long email that said, you're wandering, you're too discursive, <laughs> you go off on dead ends. Why don't you listen to Sammy and Jack yeah. and get, you, get you shorter burst? Uh, we don't want to hear about some Greek thing or some World War II incident. You're off yeah, yeah. topic. How dare you discipline. be a military historian? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I could. I'm serious. So, yeah. Well, anyway, know. this was signed by It's E.L. And you know, hey, uh, you're entitled to you know punch punch the ugly co-host in the face. He deserves it every once in a while. Well, Victor, you've been terrific. Thanks for all the wisdom you shared uh, um, to our particularly to our new listeners. Thanks for coming. I hope you stick around. You'll get Victor four times a week, so uh, it's uh, and it's doing very well in the in the rankings out there. And that's because of the man who is the star of the show. So thanks again, Victor. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will be back soon with. Another episode of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. See you very soon. Bye.